reading Genesis 6, verse 5 to 22. Um, The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything that they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, and I will destroy every living thing. All the people, the large animals, the small animals, and the, uh, all the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them, but Noah found favor with the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. Noah was the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world, for everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all from the face of the earth. Build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout the, its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. Look, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die, but I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, a male and a female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird and every kind of animal and every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground will come to you and be kept alive. And be sure to take on board enough food for your family and for all the animals. So Noah did everything exactly as God has commanded him. Up, bro. Thanks, bro. Hey, I'm Etu. Let's all stand up real quick. Go on. Hey, buenos dias. I know you're here. Hey, go and find a couple of people and just say, Kia ora, morena, buenos dias. Good to see you. You're looking fabulous and amazing. Kia ora. Good to see you. Okay, have a seat. Cool. Good to see you. Hey, so again, happy Father's Day. Um, so as a church, we always want to acknowledge that Father's Day for a lot of people is real hard, super hard, right? So there's some people in our church that even this year, like recently, um, their dads died. And so you get to Father's Day and it's kind of like, ooh, it's just a bit of a hard one, right? Um, some people lost their dad years ago and it's still you get to Father's Day and it's just real super sad, right? Um, some people in our church are unable to have kids, right? And so they get to Father's Day and it's that whole, oh, man, it's not a real joyful day. Um, there's a bunch of guys, um, a bunch of ladies in our church who grew up with a real horrible father for various reasons, right? And for them, again, when they hit Father's Day, it's not a day of celebration. It's a day of trying not to remember some pretty 
kind of horrible memory. So as a church, we just always want to acknowledge that, right? Society just does. Happy Father's Day, yeah, it's all wonderful. But under that, there's a lot of hurt and pain and, and stuff, right? And like heaps of you will have friends, um, whānau, that today is just not a great day, right? So, yeah, we just want to say we love you, eh? We really do. We care about you. Um, if you ever want to talk through anything, man, super keen to talk. Joe's other um, cool people in the church would love to chat. So I just want to pray and then we'll... Um, Get into the sermon, eh? Let me pray for us. Yeah, morana atua. Um, yeah, I, I really wish you'd just zap this planet into perfection. <laughs> but I know to do that would mean zapping most of us because we, <laughs> we stuff up pretty regularly. Um, yeah, so we, we just come before you and acknowledge that for a lot of people, life is real hard, eh? Um, and when we think of Father's Day, for heaps of people, it's a great day. It is a day of celebration. They had an awesome dad. It's cool, but for a lot of people, it's just a day of sadness, eh? Um, that they were never able to be the father that they really wanted to be for a whole variety of reasons, or their dad was just hard. <laughs> um, or their dad's passed, and they get to today, and it's that, oh, man. Yeah, we thank you. When, I know we say this in church all the time. I don't mean this in a cheesy way, God, but I think that you're a really good father to us. And I pray especially for those people that didn't have a good father. So to even try and figure out what the heck it means that you are their father is just bizarre to them. I just pray that through your indwelling spirit, you'll just slowly and gently guide them, eh? That they could come to understand what it means to have a father that really cares for them, that is there for them, that supports them, that guides them in the way that maybe their dad didn't. I don't know. Yeah, we know you're a God of healing, eh, over time. You're never in a rush. Um, Yeah, so I just lift up people that... Um, who for today is just a real hard day for various reasons. Just be especially close to them, mate. Remind them that you've got them, that you're with them. Yeah, yeah Jesus, thanks that you, your dad died, um, most probably when you were pretty young, and you really get, this, you really get the, the, the sadness of, of having a tough Father's Day. I don't think I had Father's Day back in the day when you were down here, but you know what I mean, eh? It's cool that you get it. You're not just the God that gets it academically. You get it um, emotionally, physically as well, which is just wild. So thanks, Jesus, for... For being us, it's cool. Yeah, I pray all this in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Alrighty. Hey, so sermon. So I'm doing a sermon on Father's Day. I was going to do the whole Nehemiah. So we're going through a series in Nehemiah. But to try and do a father's sermon out of Nehemiah was going to be a nightmare. So I've kind of snuck out the side. So I want to talk a bit about Noah, right? So that's why Braden read the Noah story. So if I asked you and said, in your top list of fathers from the Bible, I would put a small box of cash, I was going to say a big box of cash, that you wouldn't even think of Noah, right? You'd be like, Noah, how's he a good father? So I want to talk a bit about him. And there's this crazy, and you're going to see it in a whole bunch of verses, this kind of phrase here, a righteous father surrounded by wickedness, right? So Noah is a righteous father surrounded by a real wicked generation. It's super, super evil. And the reason I chose Noah, and I don't want to be like crazy silly here, but it just feels like our society is getting more and more wicked. Does that make sense? I know that feels like an old, like I'm a 60s preacher. The world is going to burn. I don't know. It sounds really weird saying it, but it really is, right? And I was like, as I was thinking about it this week, I was like, hang on. Am I just buying into the media hype of all the like crimes and stuff? Or has crime really gone up? So I went to the Justice um, Department of Justice website. And sure enough, over the last, I've done a whole bunch of um, studies this year comparing with um, pre-pandemic. So that kind of 17 to 2020. Um, up, up to 2022, and crime in general has gone up 20% over the last couple of years, pre-pandemic to now, so it really is going up, and a couple of stats that I thought were a bit shocking, um, for New Zealand as a whole, they said that theft has increased by 25.2% compared to before the pandemic, 
25% is a big increase in a couple of years. So our society is getting more wicked, whether you like it or not. And then this one made me really sad. Um, acts intended to cause injury, for example, in assault, have increased by 19.7%, right? So if, if you want to argue, you kind of can't, because <laughs> it's the government stats. We, we are living in a wicked generation, right? That seems to be getting more, more wicked every, every day or every time you listen to the news, right? Um, so here's a couple of verses to, to kind of get us thinking about this Noah stuff. And Braden, read it. Thanks heaps for reading it, Braden. Um, I put them all on the screen today. So here's the first one, Genesis 6-5. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on earth. Look at this next bit. This next bit's crazy. And he saw that everything they thought or imagined was constantly and totally evil. I'm like, I don't think we're there yet, right? I think the most wicked people aren't constantly thinking and imagining of how to do even more wicked things. Maybe they are, but... I, th- I thought that was extreme. I'm not getting any smiley faces. Is that good? Smiley? Thanks, John John. Sheesh. Pretty, I thought that was pretty crazy, right? Even that they think or imagine. And then you have this verse. You're like, you read that and you're like, man, the world was terrible and there's just murders and rapes and it's just, ah! And then you get this verse. That, but now I found favor with the Lord. And you're like, what? How? What the He's surrounded by wickedness and terribleness. How the heck is he living a good, righteous life in like a sea or a, a swamp of evil? Does it make sense, eh? It's like, what's his trick? How does he kind of do this? Um, over in, in Hebrews chapter 11, so Hebrews chapter 11 is a chapter talking about all these like le- legends of the faith from the Old Testament, right? And there's a bit on Noah, and so you read this here. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, and, and he obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world. And he received the righteousness that comes by faith, the same way we receive righteousness, right? Faith. Um, but I love that first little bit. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family. I'd never thought about that before. Like, I always default, like, Noah built a giant boat to save the universe, right? To save us, right? But when you read it there, it's like, well, yeah, the only people he saved were his family. And I'm like, that's kind of cool that he literally built a boat just to save his family. Cool? Okay. Man, you're freaking me out. Maybe I'm just freaking myself out this morning. All right, so here's my key question that I want to think about um, this morning. How does Noah live such a good life in the midst of such a wicked world? How does he do this? Like, what's his, his trick, right? What's his, his key to... So how does he do this, right? I was thinking this week, if I could figure it out, I could write a book, make millions of dollars, and it'd be fantastic. But the, the thing is, it's, it's actually really simple. I, I wanted to say this too. Um, this is not a, like, 10 steps to being the greatest husband in the world or 18 steps to being an incredible man of God. I've just got, like, one real simple thing. And so guys can relax, right? You're not here to be told, now here's 200 things you need to do to be this amazing man of God. This is what Noah did, right? It's, it's kind of a chill message, right? And what I'm going to say, you're going to be like, oh, bro, I could totally do that, which is the whole point, right? So, hey, so I was reading this story this week that I thought was kind of cool, and this kind of introduces where I want to go. Um, so John Ortberg, who's pastor over in the States, told this uh, true story. Uh, he said, a few weeks ago, when I was out surfing, there was no one else in the water. In fact, there was no one around at all, except a guy the size of Goliath doing taekwondo on the beach. <laughs> After I'd been out a little while, a tiny wisp of a kid came paddling out of nowhere. I couldn't believe he was out there by himself. He pulled his little board right up next to mine. He was so small, he barely needed a board. He could have stood up in the ocean on a frisbee. <laughs> anyway, he started chatting with me like we were old friends. He told me his name was Shane. He asked me how long I'd been surfing. I asked him how long he'd been surfing. Seven years, he said. How old are you? Eight, he said. <laughs> he asked me about my kids and my family. Then he said, 
What I like about surfing is that it's so peaceful. You meet a lot of nice people here. You're a nice guy, Shane, I said. That's why you meet nice people. <laughs> we talked a while longer. Then I asked him, how did you get here, Shane? My dad bought me, he said. Then he turned around and waved at the nearly empty beach. The Goliath doing martial arts <laughs> waved back. Hi, son, he called out. Then I knew why Shane was so at home in the ocean. It wasn't his size. It wasn't his skill. It was who was sitting on the beach. <laughs> his father was always watching, and his father was very big. <laughs> Shane wasn't really alone at all. Neither are we. <laughs> um, I just want to acknowledge that this is a really hard time on our planet to be a human, <laughs> but I'm kind of talking to guys at the moment. Um, a big part of my job is having coffee and dinner and stuff with guys, and there's so many guys just struggling, struggling at the moment, just feeling smashed or tired or overworked or business is crazy or family struggling or whatever. And I just want to acknowledge that, eh? It's just a really, really tough time to, to be a human, but I'm ignoring ladies today. <laughs> it's just a real tough time to be a guy. And in our society, heaps of guys carry this crazy burden of being this... Man, <laughs> whether you've got a family or not, and it's just hard, right? It's just hard. And the thing I love about that story is it's not all you. <laughs> um, you have a God who's way bigger than a Goliath doing Taekwondo on the beach. <laughs> and he loves you like crazy. He really does. Um, he wants to strengthen you and empower you to be the greatest uni student or the greatest dad or the greatest son that you could possibly be. Um, but the only way you can do it is by hanging out with him, right? Like Shane did with his Goliath dad. Um, so what's this, this key for, for Noah? How does he live in the midst of such a wicked world? Um, here's his verses. So Noah found favor with, with the Lord. Now, the question is, well, how? How did he find favor? What was the thing he did that helped him to be righteous and legit in such a sea or a, a, a swamp of, of unrighteousness? Um, and then you, you read verse 9 and... This is the first part of verse 9 coming up, and you'll see the answer in the second part. Here's the first part of verse 9. This is the account of Noah and his family. Now, this is crazy what the, the writer puts here. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time. And I, when I read that this week, I've, never, I've read this story a ton of times. I was like, oh, my gosh. Now, we're living, I think, in a sea of <laughs> wickedness, right? Getting worse and worse, like I said. But we've all got mates to hang out with, Right? who lift us up and who encourage us and text us, bro, how you doing? What's happening, right? Um, like Micah, who was going to be, Micah was one of the Savile brothers, and he was going to be here, but he's real sick at the moment. Him and I just text each other and catch up all the time, and often when we finish catching up, one of us will say, you're good for my soul, bro. You're good for my soul. I, I need this, right? Um, we, guys need guys. No matter how much of an island you think you are, we need guys in our lives, right? Noah had no guys. Do you see that? <laughs> No one. And I'm like, how, what, how? And so then you read the next part of the, the verse, and here's the answer. And he walked in close fellowship with God. That, that's his trick, if you like, right? That's his key. Um, he walked in close fellowship with God. So I've got two kind of rude things I'm going to say to you guys this morning. Here's the first one. Um, how are you walking with God at the moment? Because <laughs> if you're not walking with him, life just sucks. <laughs> Life's real hard because you're out there surfing like Shane, but you don't have the Goliath on the beach looking out for you and caring for you and protecting you. And life's just going to be crazy hard, and you're dumb if you do that. Because God's got you. He wants to be with you. He wants to empower and strengthen and guide and all that. Um, 
So that's one of my questions, right? How, how is your walking in, in fellowship with God going at the moment? Um, like I said, I catch up with heaps of guys as part of my job, right? And so often, because I'm a pastor, I expect they're waiting for some Jesus question or Bible question or some crazy thing like that. So I normally finish with a Jesus question because that's what I'm paid to ask. No, nah, not really. I, I actually care about them. And usually I'll finish a convert or we'll get towards the end of a convert and I'll just be like, how are you and Jesus doing? That's kind of my standard thing. How are you and Jesus, right? Um, how's it going connecting with God? And, and here's a whole bunch of replies that guys have literally said to me, right? So these are guys who are owning businesses or guys that are at uni, guys that are flatting, guys that have got a giant family, guys that have got no family, just different guys. And, and so we're talking about what was Noah's trick, right? How did he live righteously in this sea of wickedness? And to me, it's connecting with God. And this is what some guys have, have said. And I want you to be thinking, guys, is, is one of these something you're like, boom, that's me. That's something I could do. Maybe you hang out with God all the time. But this could be something to add. Or maybe you're just not hanging out with God. And this would be a real simple thing to add. So these are real simple things. So someone said, I just get up early before the family to read the Bible and pray. Someone said, I intentionally listen to good podcasts or the Bible when I drive to work. Someone else said, I listen to good worship music that fills my soul on my way to work. Someone said, I simply stop on this. This is a cool one, I thought. I simply stop on the side of the road and enjoy creation. And talk to God while I'm driving to or from work or when I'm driving for work. And someone said, I go for a little walk with God over my lunch break. Pretty simple, right? Pretty simple things. Just a real easy thing to just add into your day. Because again, the key is that connecting with God, right? Connecting with God. I love that. Hey, so we're going to watch a couple of little, real short, they're like a minute. This first one's a minute long. Video clips. Now. These are from Star Wars. Now, we all know that the theology in Star Wars is evil and George Lucas should be burned at the stake because it's new age and we should never watch Star Wars or we're all going to die and all that stuff, but I don't agree with that. I mean, it is. The theology in this is shocking, right? But the movie is fantastic, right? Yes, Louise, the movie is great. So we're just going to watch two little clips of Star Wars. If you're ticked, remember, Joel is the one, so just email joel at I don't really care.com. Nah, I don't know. Because <laughs> I know Joel, that's what he'd say. So here's the, here's the first one. Uh, crazy. Um, I wanted to show that little clip because he's stuck in a swamp, right? If you haven't seen it, he's crashed on the, the planet Dagobah, I think it's called. And he's stuck in the swamp. And Luke is the biggest whiner ever, right? If you've watched it, he's just such a whiner. I just want to slap him all the time. But he's totally stuck in the swamp and he can't get out. And then he meets Yoda, who we're going to watch a tiny little Yoda clip in a minute. He meets Yoda, and Yoda's trying to train him, but he's just such a whiner, and he just can't do it, and it's all too hard. And then he tries, and the, then this, the, the spaceship thing, he sinks right into the mud, and then you have the famous Yoda line. Now, I've said this to my kids when they were growing up thousands and thousands of times. This is my favorite Yoda line of all time, right? Oh, I just love, I've said that to my kids, like I said, a thousand times, right? I just love that. Try not do, or do not, there is no try. Um... So the second rude thing I wanted to say to the guys is some of you just need to do. <laughs> um, guys are really good at giving things a crack, right? You know, the, the ads, hold my beer, and then doing something completely stupid and usually hurting themselves terribly. Um, we're really good at giving something a try. And what I want to say to you about this connecting with God thing is you can't just give it a try, right? <laughs> You've got to go into it with a mindset. I'm going to do this, right? I gave you that real simple little list. I'm going to read it again in a minute. Um, real simple list of things, and I want to encourage you, just choose one and be like, that's me, man. I am going to do that. I'm not going to give it a crack, right? There, there, is, no, <laughs> there is no try. I love that. I want to finish with this um, quote from Hudson Taylor. So Hudson Taylor is one of the first 
missionaries to China, and he was awesome, but he was nuts. He went through about five wives because they kept dying, and he was completely crazy, but he was awesome. And he has the most glorious beard ever, right? So I just want to read this little quote from him. Um, I love this. Let me read up here. Um, I'm, not ta- I'm not taking my children, ah, sorry, I am taking my children with me. And I notice that it's not difficult for me to remember that the little ones need breakfast in the morning, dinner at midday, and something before they go to bed at night. And did I could not forget it. And I find it impossible to suppose that our Heavenly Father is less ten- tender or mindful than I. I do not believe that our Heavenly Father will ever forget his children. I am his very poor father, but it is not my habit to forget my children. God is a very, very good father. It's not his habit to forget his children. <laughs> um, again, this thing's not all on you, guys. <laughs> if you try and keep it on you, you're going to fall apart. You just can't do it. You are not wired. You're not made to make it alone. You're, you're wired. You're made to connect in with God. That's Noah's secret, right? Remember that, those verses? How the heck is he the only guy? Not even his wife, right? He's the only one. How does he do it? He walks in close fellowship with God. How are you going to be the best guy, the best uni student, the best school kid, the best dad, the best whatever. The key is to walk in connection with God, right? I'm going to read that little list again of of things that guys have said to me. I just want to encourage you to think of just one. They're real easy, right? They're all real simple. And just think, hey, that's one thing I could be doing. I'm going to either add it to my day because you're already doing some stuff with God, or maybe you're not connecting in with God, and you're like, boom, that's me, right? So here's the things that guys have, have said to me. I just get up early before the family to read the Bible and pray. Or I intentionally listen to good podcasts or the Bible when I drive to work. I listen to good worship music. It fills my soul on my way to work. I simply stop on the side of the road and enjoy creation and talk to God when driving to or from work or when driving for work. I go on a little walk with God over my lunch break. Yeah, let me pray for us, eh? Yeah, almighty God, some of us guys are stubborn, eh? We really are. We're just arrogant. We're just like, nah, bro, I can do it myself. I'm a rock, man. I'm an island. I'm a machine and all these stupid things we say. But deep down we know we can't. Eh? This planet is just, it feels like it's getting harder and harder to, to live on and certainly harder and harder to be a righteous man. My gosh. Um, I don't know. I, I think a lot of us sometimes just feel like Luke. Eh? We're just stuck in a swamp and we're not really sure how to get out and we're trying and all our efforts are just making things worse and... We're getting caught in sins that we shouldn't be, and we're hiding at work sometimes, and I don't know, life's just really crazy. Um, Yeah, I just pray that through your spirit this morning, eh, we would know the only thing that's going to sort this is you. It really is. We've got to figure out how to do what Noah did, how to walk closely with you, our God. Yeah, I I just pray you won't, don't anyone go, oh my gosh, I'm going to do all those things, or I'm going to get up at four in the morning and have a two-hour quiet time with God, because it never lasts, say, so help us to start small, just something real little that we could add into our day to help us start walking closely with you, that we can be better guys um, in whatever sphere you've got us at the moment, eh? Yeah, I pray all this in the name of Jesus. Yeah, amen. Amen.